Hi everyone, this is Sally and I'm here with a super quick chat about falls today. So we're going to be looking at falls from kind of an F1 perspective because when you're on call, a bleep about an inpatient fall is really, really common and it's good to kind of have an idea of what questions you should ask, things you should look out for when you assess and a couple of ideas for management under your belt. So here we are again, as we have been many times before. Imagine you're an F1, it's your first week and you're on call. Maybe it's even the middle of the night. And you receive a bleep to say that Mr. Y on Ward 7 has fallen out of bed. Now the very first thing to check on the phone to whoever sent you the bleep is the current status of the patient. Because if they are not conscious at this point, either as a cause or as a result of the fall, it doesn't matter. This is far above the pay grade of an F1 bleep and there should be an immediate MET call or periarrest call put out. For the purposes of our sort of little talk today, let's assume that Mr Y is conscious and the nurse reassures you that he's talking to them um, and they're helping him get back, back into bed. So what do we do next? Well, I find it helpful at this point to then think about what are the causes of an inpatient fall? because this will really guide how you assess the person and what you'll include in your assessment. I find it helpful to categorise it into a fall with some form of loss of consciousness versus a fall without loss of consciousness. So to explain further, so a fall with loss of consciousness, it's important to recognise them early, recognise that there has been a loss of consciousness during the fall, these are arguably more concerning. Sort of common differentials within this would be syncope, which can obviously be cardiogenic or vasovagal, to name a few. A background of sepsis or poor oral intake of the patient could result in hypovolemia, which would be exacerbating the risk of syncope. Meanwhile, a patient that has a past medical history of head injury, traumatic brain injury or epilepsy might have just experienced an unwitnessed seizure. Again, quite different from just a trip or a fall out of bed. And never ever forget glucose. Does the patient have diabetes? Are they on insulin? Have they got low BMs resulting in transient learned subconsciousness and fall? Meanwhile, I think maybe on the other side, slightly less serious situations where there hasn't been a loss of consciousness involved. It might have just been a simple trip. So accidental or mechanical fall is what you document in the notes. It could be a fall related to frailty or deconditioning if someone's been in the hospital a long time. Or the fall may be secondary to medication side effects. Are they on medication that makes them dizzy or sedated? So yeah, this is kind of a brief framework to keep in your head when you go and take a history from the patient. And as you elicit exactly what has happened before, during and after the patient's fall, specifically asking about whether the patient remembers hitting their head or breaking their fall with a particular area of their body. It's always worth remembering that patients aren't the most reliable historians all the time, especially in the middle of the night, especially if they've had a fall. They may deny falling altogether, they may not be able to remember the events, so a collateral is essential in this situation. So we've talked about some differentials for the cause of fall, and we've talked about kind of key elements to elicit in your history, whether that's over the phone from the nurse or the other team member that's given you the bleep, or whether it's from the patient themselves when they're in front of you, or from a collateral, whether that be the patient in the next bed, etc, etc. Now we move on to assessment, which, as always, is going to include an A to E, but with an element of T, trauma. This specifically means that when you check the area of the patient, you should also be checking for C-spine tenderness, because any fracture in the cervical spine could threaten the airway 
and this is an absolute emergency that require immediate escalation and a much wider team of involvement. Then as you work your way through the rest of the ATE, um, I'm not going to go through every possible um, investigation here, but there are some really important ones. So under C circulation, you need an ECG to help rule out whether an arrhythmia or a missed MI contributed to a cardiogenic syncope which resulted in fall. If you think about fluid balance of the patient, are they hypovolemic? Could this have made them dizzy? Under D, you must include a full neuro exam, as full as you can under the circumstances. For example, the fall could have been caused by a TIA or a stroke, or the fall itself could have caused neurology via head trauma, resulting in an intracranial bleed. Lastly, under E, a proper falls assessment should also include a top-to-toe check for any MSK injury as a result of the fall, even if the patient tells you that they're fine. At a minimum, you know, do close observation for lacerations or bruising, again, including over the head, um, palpate the bony tenderness, specifically across the shoulders, and ask the patient to perform a straight leg raise on both sides to assess for potential necathema fracture. Now thinking about management. So management is quite hard to cover in, in a short podcast because it really does depend on the most likely cause of the fall and the severity of the consequences. At this point, I would always escalate to a senior if you haven't already done so. It might just be for a bit of advice for them to check that you haven't missed anything or they might want to come and see the patient themselves if you found something concerning on your assessment. Furthermore, your trust is very, very likely to have a specific fool's protocol with measures that must be taken after an inpatient fall. So make sure that you've looked this up early on in your F1 training so that you're not faffing about trying to find it on the night. In general, these type of falls protocols usually include ensuring that the patient has regular neuro observations for the next sort of 24 hours or so. There should be a datex because obviously patients aren't supposed to fall in hospital, we're supposed to be keeping them safe. And you must make sure that everything you have done as part of your falls assessment is really properly documented. Further measures to prevent falls could also be considered at this point. Think about, does this patient need a one-to-one? Are they confused? Um, have they got high levels of frailty? Is it appropriate for maybe the bed rails to be up sort of most of the time? Think about then the consequences of the fall. So any suspected fracture should obviously be ruled out radiologically. And in the meantime, make sure the patient's got enough analgesia. Make sure the nursing team know that they should be on bed rest. If the patient has sustained head trauma, if you know they've said they hit their head or you can see that there's an obvious laceration there, you need to discuss with the radiologist ASAP about getting a CT head. There are very good, nice guidelines about the criteria for CT heads, but sort of obvious red flags include patients on anticoagulants or raise the risk of an intracranial bleed, patients with a background of alcohol excess for the same reason, and obviously any patient when you assess them has some kind of altered mental state or focal neurology on examination. Then thinking about our differentials again, so this now sort of circling back, does the patient need cardiac monitoring from now on? Are we worried about a cardiac cause of this fall? Does their insulin really need to be altered if they had were hypoglycemic at the time? Are they getting regular physio if maybe they've been in for weeks and this is a case of frailty or having inappropriate equipment for transfer for bed to chair? Specific to cause, these kind of questions should be asked with a wider team to help prevent further falls in the future. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Bye.